0: yeah yeah uh, no cap yeah. all facts here we go listen I can move across the aisle, never think twice grand, real, real, got me trying to see the light, light hey what's going on everybody this is uh Quentin the host of the manology project podcast uh, here where we talk about what true manhood looks like as we dive into what our value our identity and our purpose as men all while using biblical principles and on today i've been able to been graced with a uh, with a great great speaker great pastor uh i would this laundry list i had to write everything down he's an author he's a pastor he's a father he's a a husband he's a movie producer uh he speaks at conferences uh and my special guest on today is mr Uh, pastor keith butler jr um I first want to just say thank you very much for joining, uh, joining me on this um, on the podcast, man, to uh, talk about and strengthen and encourage men on today. As we talk about, you know, basically going through the process of getting to the next level as men, I believe we're all searching for that uh, moment that we break mm-hmm. through for, you know, that business, uh, the relationship, or whatever. Uh, but I just know that we do have a hard time expressing that. So this platform is used. Uh, and is open for us to be able to talk about what most of you guys probably won't even talk about. So, if you got any questions, any comments, or anything, please put them in the comment section, and uh, we'll get back with you guys with some answers on that. So, I just would like to introduce Pastor Keith Butler. Uh, how you doing, sir?
1: Doing well. How about you?
0: I'm doing really, really good. Really, really good. Like I said, I'm uh, very excited to have you on today. Um, uh, basically why don't do this i know a lot of people know you know of like the word of faith in your father keith butler but we want to dive into you we want to find out about that whole Mm -hmm. process of of what have you done with yourself to be able to go to that next level uh we all know that that you pastored under your father and under that leadership so why don't you just tell us how that You know, how did that actually help shape you to get to where you're at today, uh, running your own church?
1: Well, uh, you know, I learned at an early age how important it was to be led by the Holy Spirit in decision making, to not Mm -hmm. make decisions based on your ego, to not make decisions based on your emotions or even what you think people's perception of you is. Uh, But to make those decisions based on what God is saying to you at that moment. And so although for me, naturally, uh, going to work for anybody is not how I'm wired. Um, I'm, you know, an entrepreneur by nature. I'm the type of person that's a dreamer, the type of person that uh, would prefer to just be chasing after what's in my heart. Mm -hmm. Uh, The way God dealt with me was that I was supposed to help another man's vision. And so that's what I did for quite a while uh, with uh, helping my father with his church in Detroit and then starting a church in Phoenix. And I was co-pastor of that church. And it wasn't until I moved over to help pastor in Atlanta, became a pastor of that church that God really started talking to me a little bit about me and what he's called me to do. Okay. And a bit of a transition started happening then, um, But, um, and of course, eventually I ended up coming home and pastoring a church here in in Southfield, my father's church. Uh, But then, you know, the Lord dealt me during that time that uh, uh, there was another shift coming because I thought that was it. Uh, And that he, you know, wanted me to give that church back to my father. Uh, It fit very well with what God was doing with him in that moment because he had just shifted to doing a lot more things in Europe and needed to be at a a headquarters. Okay. uh, Do that. And, uh, and he wanted me to start a church in downtown Atlanta, uh, separate uh, in one sense from what my father had done. Of course, obviously always honoring him and we have a good relationship and, and all of that. Yeah. But it was just something that he, you know, I guess had prepared me to do. I didn't necessarily see it coming. Right. Uh, back when you first told me, I thought it was crazy. I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> I knew how that would be perceived and. It seemed impossible. And everybody I talked to, a lot of people thought that would never happen. Right. But here we are and the church is two years old and doing pretty well, even in in spite of COVID-19. So, um, you know, God's plans always uh, are better than ours. Right. Yeah. I found out.
0: Yeah. So in that process from your, uh, you know, from your pastor and under your father, and then, becoming your, you know, the uh, senior pastor at uh, Faith Experience, Um, what were some of the challenges even in that process? Um, uh, Because I know it was probably smooth from the, from the position of your father being able to, I'm sure he poured all of that great knowledge (laughs) on running an actual church because of the size. So I'm sure he gave you so much knowledge, but what was your personal challenges, stepping out on your own and then actually you know, understanding that, okay, you know, <laughs> everybody's looking at me for the left or are we going right or left? So what was that? Were there any challenges right there, you know, as you kind of made that transition over?
1: Well, you know, I had been in that kind of role for a long time. Okay. Pastor in Atlanta and even pastoring in Detroit. Um, so I was used to being the person that was up front. The challenges for me, uh, were basically having another Genesis 12 moment, you know, that moment where God said to Abraham, leave everybody and leave everything, Right. go into this land. And, you know, after at the time, probably about 20 years of ministry, um, I had, you know, built up certain things in my life, you know, ministry wise, reputation, financially, you name it. And I pretty much had to give it all up and start over. And so that was the biggest challenge. And even now, I mean, God's been good, but I'm still believing God for some things because yeah. um, I never, ever thought that I would have to do that. And, and you know, there's always that part of you that wonders, how is this fair? Right. <laughs> right. Now, i sure went through that because I'm saying I, you know, I could have started from scratch 20 years ago. Right. You know, when I was younger and didn't have responsibilities and all of that. And right. I sold all that opportunity to be a blessing. Yeah. The God's way is better. And so I'm trusting that when it's all said and done, I'll look, look back and say, yep, this was, you know,
0: this was, was the
1: definitely way to go.
0: Yeah. I, um, like I was telling you before, I've been following, um, uh, just kind of following you and, and, and checking out, you know, what you got going on over there. Uh, now this was a funny part, right? Because, um, most of the time you know, if you, if you, if you're under a certain type of ministry, then normally your ministry would actually mirror the ministry that you just came from. Mm-hmm. So what was like hilarious is that, and this is hilarious in a good way uh, because I think it was very needed. I think the area that you're in, I think Detroit and, 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 uh, and, and what you guys are doing from that standpoint was very much needed. Uh, but just tell me, what was that thought process that, you know what, we're going to be more urban. We're going to be, Uh, you know, we're not going to have on a suit and a tie and, you know, we're going to, we're going to kind of meet Detroit where Detroit is at. Was that pretty much where your, that thought process was at?
1: I think there's probably two things there. The first is, is that our church was really started to reach people far from God. So for us, that means that we have to look at, that meant we had to look at people who are far from God. Right. And what, what would it take to reach them? You know, what's, what's, what's their language and not just in terms of how you talk, although that's part of it, but your dress, your presentation, your music, um, you name it, uh, how can we take the the timeless message of the gospel and present it in a way that they would actually hear it. So that was one of the things is that we just as a team decided, okay, let's, what does it take? You know, what do we need to change? I've said it a number of times in the pulpit, if I got to put on a red nose and a (laughs) I'll Well, and to to help somebody go to heaven, then I'll do it, you know? Right, right. So that was part of it. The other thing is a ministry is often a bit of an expression of the pastor. Yes. I mean, this is more me, you know, to some degree, it was always a little bit David trying to wear Saul's armor in my dad's ministry and nothing wrong with that because I was there for a season and I did what I was supposed to do. But now, um, we're a lot closer to just me being me. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't think the ministry is where it's going to be. I don't think, I don't even feel like we're at square one in some ways yet. Um, but I can see, you know, that we're going to get there and, um, and I think it's going to be effective.
0: Yeah. I, uh, well, I do think it is going to be very effective. I think that, um, I was listening to your praise and worship. Um, I thought that was like very dynamic, um, because basically when you're in the inner city, you know, they don't know all the hymns right. and, uh, you know what I'm saying? So I, so, they, the swag is just different when you're in the city, right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, that's the part I liked about, you know, where you were taken or just the viewpoint on is that, uh, and the Bible really talks about that. Uh, the message of Christ is always the exact same. It does not change don't and he tells us please do not add to my word and do not take away from my word mm-hmm. but he, he but he does stress that the administration of the churches will be different right and i think that that is something that um that i've really looked at and uh i, I think even me now at 45 and doing podcasts and all that kind of stuff it's a big difference it's like a total big difference i uh so basically like I do a lot of stuff with men. You have to bring a different message to men than you bring right. to ladies. Like it's, right. it's a, just a whole different thing you have to do. So I I definitely applaud you uh, for jumping out there and understanding that the administrations can be different. You're not going to change the word. And I you do stress that when you're preaching <laughs> that the guy's word is not changing. But I do like that. Uh, but the administration piece was put in place to actually be able to, Touch and heal Detroit.
1: Um, that's what Paul said, right? To the Jews, I became as a Jew. To the Greeks, yep. I became as a Greek. You know, that's really, that's Bible. That's Bible. I feel like that that may be where some have missed it in the past uh, is not being able to, willing to adapt to their audience, thinking adapting. When you say adapt to your audience, we're not saying adapt the message. We're not saying adapt right. your or your lifestyle. We're talking about adapting, you know, how you deliver it, how right. you. You know, how do you present it so that different people groups can actually receive it?
0: Right. And I mean, basically, Jesus kind of told him that he didn't really come here for those who were already healed anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that's something that's been lost in translation from. I hate to even say this, but that religious piece (laughs) that kind of taxes up onto mm-hmm. church sometime is that sometimes we get caught in that religious mindset. And so we really forget. Now, my, my saying that I say is that I, I told God one thing I didn't want to do is church, church people. Right. Uh, meaning that everything that's that I'm doing on, even with this podcast is that I don't want to be churching church people. I want the message to be Christ, but I also want to be able to reach people who are right there on that fence. Like, you know what? I know I need God. I know I want them. But I just, you know, sometimes you just hear one good thing that that'll push you right over the edge. Right. Uh, so I'm with you. A thousand percent is that uh, definitely don't want to church church. But you you had something on your website that was really uh, interesting. And you said connecting culture and Christ in the community. So just speak to that part, uh, because I know you guys do a lot of community uh, work in the city of Detroit. So just kind of bridge that gap for us between um, that connecting the culture with Christ.
1: Well, the culture piece, I think we've been talking about a little bit and, yeah. uh, in terms of even the music, even the dress, um, how we talk, uh, the designs, the impacting the community piece, I'm really excited about. And uh, one of the things that we've been able to do since the beginning, mm-hmm. is, you know, every month we have a first Saturday serve, we do something in our community uh, to help people in need. Right. And we always have every year a... Saturday, a uh, serve day that we actually do with about 800 other churches throughout the country. Oh, that's great. Where we literally send the church, you know, members and sometimes seven, eight different places throughout the city. Um, we, of course, do Christmas and Thanksgiving type of outreaches. And we're actually working on something a little bigger than that. Part of our vision is to create a Dream Center in Detroit. I don't know if you're familiar with the Dream Center at all in LA. Yeah. Uh, actually about I don't know how many of them there are. There's dozens of them throughout the country. It is. That that meet, that really meet the practical needs of people. And I believe Detroit needs a dream center.
0: Yes. That's something
1: that's really big in my heart. I'm actually going to visit one next week in another state, because I'm really trying to put us in position to really make a dent, you know, to really make a a mark in our community in that way. Because I think that's a big part of the puzzle too. Um, practical needs and then letting people know about the god who loves them right uh you know and that that has a way of speaking to people's hearts uh, as well
0: yeah i i I, the dream center pieces are really good um i go to brightmore christian church and so we we're part of a dream center out in florida um Mm -hmm. that we connect with um and I don't know, we do we do a serve day too. We may cross our churches may cross path on some of those serve days. The church help
1: helped us get started Is one yeah. of the churches.
0: Us. <laughs> right. Uh so my thing is that um, you know, when you're looking at the bridging those gaps, I think a lot of people sometimes are very nervous uh, with that community piece. I think that churches that's something that's probably missing um from some of the components of the ministries sometimes is that we go hard in the paint inside the building. Mm -hmm. I'm talking hard, like we'll have prophetics, we got revivals, you know. But Mm -hmm. then when we say, hey, let's go out here and talk to people and clean up a backyard, uh, build a deck for the uh, elderly in the neighborhood and stuff, we miss that ministry piece because basically God is telling us that, hey, they are only gonna know you by a few different ways. You know, loving thy neighbor, the way that we treat each other, like they're gonna know the way that we treat each other as Christians they're gonna spot that but uh but also the way that we love our neighbors is is another component that god is saying "Hey, yo you do that that actually breaks the ice um and yeah. people it, they'll know where to come to you know you're not out here telling people what they need and if you ain't saved you're not doing this but i'm serving you and when those people need god they know exactly where to go i really I, like i said i've been I, I when i started looking at what you guys do and following i was like did i said uh yeah pastor keith he got a little a nice little rhythm uh going uh inside the building and then a, a lot of great noise on the outside of the building um which is very impactful especially for the city of detroit now not the
1: middle detroit right there okay so let's talk about
0: <laughs> how well, do we
1: before before we go there if go i can ahead. jump real fast you know, I think a great example of what you're talking about is, is something we did a few months ago. Uh, I think we are at the Rosa Parks Transit Center downtown, uh, basically the bus the bus depot. And so we took a team down there. We actually had some pizza, uh, waters, other little gifts. And, you know, we just went over there and talked to people. And that's where real ministry is. Yeah. You know, I had some very yeah. interesting conversations, of course. Yep. Um, but at the same time, even saying, Hey man, he was like, it was burning up. Hey, here's some water. You thirsty here. Let me hook you up. And let me just talk for a second. You know, uh, that's, those were real people, man. They got needs. He started talking to them and they're like, man, I need this. Can you pray for me? You know, that's, yes. that's a piece that, you know, personally, I've just felt like in my life, probably because of how I came up and where I came up, I was like, man, I, I need more of this. Right. I need to do more of this, you know, because this is where the need is. There's no lack of need. There is definitely (laughs) no lack. (laughs) Yeah. So, And and when you have been taught the things of God, even if you have just know a little bit, you just got a good heart. You can help people. You can totally help people. So it's just definitely something that's big in my heart and something I'm really excited about expanding, you know, getting into more and, and having a, a bigger impact in that area. It's so easy to get caught up in your own life and your own problems that you forget that there are so many out there to have, that would love what you have. Yes. But you can help right now, even in the middle of your mess.
0: Yep, that's a, right there. Write that down, that's a message. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a whole uh, four week <laughs> sermon right there. Uh, because I think we do. Uh, I think you hit the nail right on the head, man, is that we get so caught up in our own stuff that we literally forget that someone four or five feet away from us Mm -hmm. is going through way more and they don't have the stability of God's peace in their life. Right. That's, that's what I look at is that we're both going through something, but the difference is is that I am stable and firm and assured in the peace that God has given me. Uh, I think God's peace is when I look at salvation, it's the blood, And I'm telling you, man, I throw peace, that peace that passes all understanding. I throw that right under God's uh, Jesus blood because Mm -hmm. you can get hit with some hard stuff. And that peace, man, will cover you, comfort you and allow you to take the biggest blows Mm -hmm. and still keep moving towards what God has. And so that is my leading point uh, to most people. Uh, I do like that the whole conversation, just sitting down with people having a, having a conversation with people and you're right. People do, they go, man, you know what, man, could you give me a little prayer right quick? It they mm-hmm. It is very easy. You didn't, you didn't ask for it. You're not doing anything. It's just basically is that they know who you are. They mm-hmm. know that you guys are Christian. They already, they already see that whole, they can see the aura coming. <laughs> you know, so we, and we feel like we got to come with, if you don't, you know, right. If you don't, if you don't, if you don't. And that's not even what the case is. The case is give somebody a hug, Mm -hmm. give somebody some food, (laughs) and people will literally open their life up to actually tell you what they have going on. Mm -hmm. And then you're able to actually pray for the actual needs that they need Uh, instead of, you know, beating them over the head with the Bible, which the word of God was never meant to be used as a weapon for souls. Right. You know, you, the word is a weapon for the enemy, but not for people who are lost. That's supposed to be a tool, not a weapon. So um, and, you know, the, and it is a weapon, but not in that form where we're using it to actually, you know, tear people down with it or make people feel less than um, because they already don't understand. I mean, I wonder how many people have you ran into that go. Well, I got to do some extra stuff before I even come to church. Right. They don't even understand. There's actually nothing you can do. Right. Because Jesus does it all. Like you, there's nothing you can do. You can never be ready. You can never be prepared. You can never be anything because pretty much Christ does it all for you. And you have to just learn how to walk into it. So um, so I like that. I like that you guys are actually pushing it the, through there. So my thing is like, so, so this season right here is all about faith and friends. So we all know you love the Lord. Mm-hmm. We know that. So let's talk about this circle. Because I think faith and friends are two key components for the way that we derive at our value, identity, and our purpose. Because those two things actually play a lot, a heavy weight in how we see ourselves uh, and in how we carry ourselves and, then, and, and et cetera, et cetera. So I, from just a man, if you had to tell a guy something, you know, right now, from a friend's standpoint, give them five things that they should look for and a friend that can actually help them succeed.
1: I think you need a friend, first First of all, that's actually truly trying to follow God. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you need a friend that uh, is okay with challenging you. Oh, I like that. Yep. Follow God, uh, I think you need a friend that will actually pray for you every once in a while I'll, I'll get a text from a friend, man, God just put in my heart to pray for you today. I don't know what's going on, but you know, I got you covered. You know, I, I appreciate that because sometimes I do need prayer and I'm not telling anybody. Right. You know, um, you know, cause you can, as a man, you almost feel like you whining after a while. You're going through a bunch <laughs> of <nothing. You're> stuff <laughs> well, Yeah. 85 things. It was 87 last time, you know, so it comes to <laughs> point you're like, I ain't saying nothing else, okay. you know, it's just,
0: <laughs> it's just <laughs> right.
1: Um, I think you need a friend that understands the role of godly counsel, which is not to give orders, but to help you ascertain what God is saying. I like that. Too often people, your relationship with them seems to be tied to whether or not you do exactly what they think you should do. I like that. Yeah. and It's not their job to tell you what to do. They're not your boss. They're not, you know, God is. It's their job to help you to figure out what God is saying. Yeah, I like that. That's something else that's really important. And somebody that's accessible. I mean, you know, I've got some people in my life that I really I've grown up with or I felt uh, that was supposed to be a big part of my life. And when it was all said and done, they just ain't there. You know, they just ain't, you know, and when I needed them, they weren't there. And I would reach out and they might say what's up, but, you know, they just
0: they had no time.
1: <laughs> yeah, it like, took me a while because you know some people I was I thought I was really close to, and I'm like, this yeah. is why you were in my life, man. I'm going through, and it just so I've learned, you know, you got to go with those who celebrate you, not with those who tolerate you. Right. So and so that's something else. I don't know. That's five things, right? So, yeah. Listen, so. if you
0: got more than five, I mean, <laughs> listen,
1: we, because and I'm gonna tell you what you said. Some
0: um, you said something that was like really like right on the head here um, as men. So like you said, okay, so I'm going through something. I feel like if I talk about it three or four times, it is whining. Mm-hmm. I think that most men feel this way. Now, yeah. this is the bad part It's because many men crash and burn under that notion. Yeah, And this kind of leads me back to when you said to have a friend in your life that has that sensibility to the Holy spirit to know when to pray for you, Um, Mm -hmm. or when to give you that phone call and forces your butt to actually talk about what you have going on. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because uh, I mentor men and mentor men and then husbands and stuff like that. So that's kind of what God has me um, at right now in my life. Uh, And I've been doing it for about seven years. So, Uh, but what I found is that this is a sticky area for men, like, We go through a lot of stuff. We have a lot of stuff going on. Mm -hmm. We don't have any way to actually share this information so that we can actually feel free to keep on moving. Right. And so when you said that, it just made me just think about that, um, that we have to really figure a way to get that. We have to do better, you know, know, we have to do, we have to figure out a way. Um, I got a small little circle, probably about five or six guys. Uh, maybe like seven guys that um that i can hit up anytime uh we try to meet once a month so yeah. that we can have that powwow like uh and this is not and i told him man this is not a wife bashing kids bashing episode this is a personal this is about us about me about that person about that and in that way you can actually hear yourself talking you know when you hear yourself talk, then eventually you start figuring it out. <laughs> right. You go through it, even like, oh, I was stupid. Why did I do that? You know, so my thing is that and that that session is really opened up for that. Um, so I like how you said that, but making sure those friends in that circle meet some of those qualifications. Yeah. Um, my whole thing is that I always try to have myself kind of like in this stance where I got someone ahead of me who who's light years ahead of me. And then i got the other hand down to actually help somebody who i'm mm-hmm. light years ahead of
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, so i try to make sure i'm always in the middle i don't want to be at the top because the person at the top is usually not that good mm-hmm. <laughs> because the only person that should be at the top is god right mm-hmm. i mean so if you got if you're the only one at your top of your game then I'm, i can't really rock with you <laughs> because, <laughs> because who are you going to to get your information if you you know if somebody's got to be there so I do like that uh, that we have to build those network of friends around us, uh, and that's why I took this season out to really have that. thing. But you being a young pastor, um, and then with all the pastors, with all the stuff that that is going on in the world, just surrounding pastors themselves, um, how do you keep yourself so grounded? So, and and I mean, the natural way is, of course, I know that God's word. Mm-hmm. Is the primary, but like I said, we're all actually human still. So even though the Bible does this work, but your mind is still all over the place still. And of course, we use the word of God to try to tame that information. Uh, but I and I'm bringing this up because you say you like to work out. So do you use working out as another means of the de-stress, to take the take all the noise and. <laughs> and press it out by hitting the weights.
1: (laughs) Well, a couple of things. I think uh, the Bible talks about how even in the beginning, God created man, man had God, and God still said it wasn't good for him to be alone. Right. Um, And so, of course, in that case, he was referring to a woman. But if you study the word of God, you'll find there is a God-shaped void in every man's heart that only God can fill. But there's also a man-shaped void in every man's heart God refuses to fill. Yes. you have to have relationships with other people. Yeah. And that's why the Bible says two are better than one. The Bible encourages us to do life together. Yep. I like to see the one another in the New Testament over something like 50 times. And yep. I think what's happened in our day and age, particularly as men, because most of all, you have to remember the New Testament was mostly written to men directly. It applies right. to women. but It was written to men. Right. Is that somehow or another, we have decided that doing life alone is appropriate. <laughs> and that's why we keep falling by the wayside. If you want to use a Bible term, when the Bible says, you know, two are better than one, if one falls, there's somebody to pick them up. You know, if you're under attack, uh, maybe a second person coming in and helping you can help fight off that attack. And if there's three of you, that's even better. And so I think that that's one of the challenges that men have had in general. And it's one that I had. So one thing that God had me do a number of years ago now was to reach out to some of my friends who were in a similar situation to what I am, which is as as a pastor who was under a well-known pastor. My father was a woman yeah. pastor, and here I am, the son, as a pastor. And so, we ended up forming a group that uh, pastors, PK pastors, and uh, we just met again. What day is today? Thursday. We met Monday. Okay, that's good. Uh, and so, and we're talking about people from California, Texas, Louisiana, um, of course, Michigan. And I mean, and we've been doing this for years, and we don't always get on every month like we're supposed to. We're some yeah. busy guys, but we stay on enough so that we really have each other. And since we started this group, a number of us have gone through some some things. One person almost lost his life. Yeah. A couple of us have been through divorces. Yeah. Uh, you know, Some other pretty rough things have happened, but we've been there for each other. Yeah. And so everybody's still moving forward. And so I think that that's one thing that's helped me is that I have had a circle in my family, but then outside of my family, other right. pastors that understand me and where I am and what I'm dealing with yeah. And I can be real with, and uh, they've been able to help me. So that's part of it for me. Yeah.
0: I, I and once again, I applaud that. Um, uh, and I applaud, man, because, you know, we're young guys. Um, and so sometimes it takes a lifetime <laughs> to get an understanding that, yo, I need some help. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think that that's probably one of the most uh, difficult things that we're both saying is that um, men have to understand that we have to have an outlet Um, yeah because if we don't then that's when we end up falling short or we start getting into things that we would have never gotten into you know it's like i'm like so far over here how did i get over here well sometimes when everything is going in the inside and you are never getting it on the outside you know then the enemy is actually able to work because now you're just processing all day you're never releasing it you're just processing and i'm gonna tell you what the one of the most dangerous things you can do is sit at home processing (laughs) by yourself Mm
1: -hmm.
0: running it through because the only other person in your head that's talking is the devil so what you're having a full conversation with this dude (laughs) you know you're going to lose that battle that's so i'm always saying like if you i tell some of my guys that we you know that we we that uh that we come together because we do the same thing. So it's a monthly thing. Mm -hmm. We're not able to hit every month because we got families. We got, you know, a lot of things going on, but we, but like you said, uh, we take that time and we drill into some things. Like we really get deep into some, uh, some good conversations. Uh, And it's normally a good two or three hour conversation uh, Mm -hmm. because basically we want everyone to be able to speak and we want everybody to be able to come out of it with something, you know, the, the call is not about one particular person. We want each one of us to come out feeling relieved, uh, stress a little bit of the stress get rid of some of that stress you know what i'm saying so i i'm very happy that you actually found a group of guys who uh not only you can talk to but who have the same upbringing that same yeah you know, kind of, you know yeah. It, that whole experience having a dad who is got a whole lot of stuff moving and shaking in the kingdom Um uh, and then it turns out your dad is a great dad, you know, because uh, basically he, I, any father that trusts his son to come on board and to do stuff, to me speaks high, is, speaks volumes to the relationship that was built mm-hmm. um, there. So kind of talk about that uh, because we know we got a lot of guys who are fatherless, um, but I want you to kind of talk about it because I want to bring in. If you don't have a father, then you need to have a mentor, someone who can actually be there for you. So just kind of give a little bit of, you don't have to go into a whole bunch of detail because I know, you know, he's your dad for your whole life. So, but just gives us some a couple of key points that were pivotal for you that having him there and, or what he has given
1: you was
0: actually there to help you spin in the right direction.
1: Well, you know, one, is I played basketball in college and um It's Bible school. And, you know, one of the things I miss was the camaraderie, the bus rides, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, Being around guys. And I think we get older and then we we somehow feel like we got to do without that. And we don't. And one of the, of course, obviously one of those relationships is your coach. Yes. And so, like, I had lunch with my college coach. It probably was a couple years ago. But I could do that. And, you know, we can always agree on some stuff, you know, he had to yes. kind of tell me, hey, I messed up on this, you know, one thing. <laughs> and he was right, you know, <laughs> right. It, it hurt, but, you know, still we cool. You know right. what I mean? Um, you need coaches in life. Right. And a coach will get on you. A coach will encourage you. Yep. And uh, we might call that a father. Yep. Um, and so with my dad, particularly early on, um, you know, he would give me little pointers here or there. And I guess to him, they'd be little. But to me, they were like, oh, it changed the whole way I do it. Right. You know, it, was like, it. was like that. You know what I mean? Right. Like, oh. You know, so, right. he, you know, he just gave me little course adjustments and he'd tell me certain things, you know, being young, some things you hear, some things you don't. Right. Like, oh, I don't take all that. And then later on, you figure out, well, actually it does. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> so,
1: you know, you understand some things a little bit more when you get older. Yeah. Um, and you don't always, and sometimes you learn from the mistakes they make. I you know, that's did, the one yeah. thing think people miss is that, well, just because you're under someone doesn't mean that they're going to be perfect, that they won't yep. mess up, that they won't do wrong by you sometimes. Yep. People are people. God still sent you there. So if he sent you there, he knows the good's going to outweigh the bad, that this is going to be beneficial to you. Yeah. And maybe part of it is that you'll learn what not to do just yeah. as much as you'll learn what to do. Yeah. And I think every child understands that. We always say growing up, well, I ain't going to do this like mama or like daddy and kind of do it anyway. But, you but you know, <laughs> but you know, there's always a little something that you, you kind of, <laughs> right. okay, you kind of did improve on, you know? Right. So that's part of it too but i do think that you clearly you cannot reach the heights that you want to reach in your life as as a as a parent as a as a spouse as uh in the in your career or ministry without having that coach or coaches in your life yeah um, and like you I, I believe in having one hand up i got mentors and they got a hand down and hands side to side. Side to side.
0: Yeah, you're a pastor. You got hands everywhere, man.
1: <laughs> pastor friends that are just like me, that I, I'm talking to and they're talking to me. Um, and so I think it's 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 really important to have and you know you're not in a day and age where that's hard to find. It really isn't. There's a lot of a lot of men of God out here that yeah. are that are doing their best to follow God. They're not perfect, they'll make mistakes. Um you just have to actually kind of get yourself out there and start to yeah. get to know people. And for me, that was the challenge. Even with the group I told you about by nature, I'm laid back. I'm the kind of guy that walk around and not say anything to anybody. I've had to work on that, especially being a pastor, right. Work on that. And so even reaching out to do a group, like God had me do that was like, Oh, this is out of my comfort zone. Even would maybe like, Dre, whatever you want. I'm like, no, what? You all want? you know? Right. And, right. Um, but I've just had to, you know, obviously he desires friends, let him show himself friendly. I've friendly. had to make yep. myself be friendly, make myself make accessible, uh, put myself in situations where, you know, and sometimes I was, I was uncomfortable, yeah. but I did it because I know I need these relationships. Right. And, uh, and I found that for the most part, that's been beneficial for me.
0: Yeah. I like the uncomfortable piece. Um, I'm laid back as well in nature, um, a lot of people may say something different because um because I you know when you're in your circle, man, you're a hoot, right? You know, in your little body of friends, you're like, you, you know, you can you can kind of let loose, but I'm kind of like you. So I'm more of a sit back and and not and really kind of a chill guy. But um so like even doing like this podcast and all that kind of stuff, like I literally had to I had to like just cut it on and just it took months, dude. I would just talk listen to it, it sounds stupid, (laughs) you know, and I'm asking my wife, like, this don't sound, you know, and she's like, you know, babe, it sounds good, you know, and I got my brother, and everybody critiquing it, but to me, it just didn't sound right, because it was like, what is that, you know, what, like, God, and it's really just asking God, like, what are you really trying to do uh, with you, and I'm sure that that's something that you're always thinking, even with, even with the church being where it's at, I mean, it's still a question, like, really, like, where are you taking me, you know, I mean, I think that that's our biggest thing as men, uh, is that we like that. We, we really prefer to have the final, you know, the final destination. Like we really want that, but I think that, you know, it's impossible to have it because we, we, we don't understand that we probably would still screw up even if we knew where we were heading <laughs> because nobody is perfect. So, uh, knowing the final destination doesn't mean that you wouldn't have all these pitfalls. I think it just means that we'd be more anxious to get there. And that's why we would actually make more mistakes is because we see it. And, you know, you, you know, if you could see that you have 40 churches and, and 30 churches all across the country, you, you wouldn't even get no sleep because you already seen it. <laughs> you know it's like hey uh, pastor can you come out i can't come out man i got to work on these plans for these other churches you know you barely got this first church up but right. you're already <laughs> you're already looking at a hundred churches it's like and only because god showed you that that ending and it's like that's i think that's why he protects us from that because we would literally just go a thousand miles a minute and we probably would still miss the mark because of of that mentality so um i do like that the circle friends um uh, that we really need to make sure that we have in place Uh, Because uh, I'm really tired of just seeing articles come across about pastors who are just tanking. Mm -hmm. Uh, My brother just showed me another one. I'm not mentioning any names or anything like that. But just watching pastors just like really just tank. And I think sometimes if we're not putting ourselves in position to be held accountable by people a little bit closer to us, you know because just because somebody you know you give somebody permission doesn't mean that you actually accept it so you still have to be able to accept that criticism or that uh that, that 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 little thump on the forehead uh from close friends but um i think it's just very important man so um i like i like i like that we're in the same thought process uh with just the friends and i like that and i really hope that you know you guys are out there just kind of listen to this man that, it's gonna be very important that you find a group of guys that you can actually do life with um, mm-hmm. and that you can trust. Um, and at any level, whether you're running a podcast or <laughs> running a church, a CEO of a, a multi-million dollar company, you're still gonna need somebody there so that you don't fall under the hand of the enemy trying to process life by yourself. Um, so right. um, but uh before we even close out, I kind of want you to talk about like so you you know you got a lot of you're a pastor man, but you got your movie mm-hmm. that I see. You know, kind of fill us in. Get talk talk to us about this movie because I watched the trailer and I'm gonna tell you, I thought you were pretty impressed. I was like, okay, all right, pastor, but let's see where you're trying to head here. So, tell the people what, what, what you got <laughs> going on. What's what's about this movie here?
1: Uh, well, we got a movie called Match Made that mm-hmm. we are actually gonna start actual production on on Sunday oh nice and uh and so we uh it's a project that's really a passion project of mine God put in my heart years ago they wanted me to write screenplays and I've gone through quite a process learning how to do it correctly uh and uh when it was all said and done uh ended up feeling in my heart that this was actually something that the church was supposed to make I was trying to do it different ways kind of fought that honestly mm-hmm. um but I just kind of finally accepted it and so we uh, are, are in the process of making this movie and it's it's gonna be fun, uh, it's gonna be, you know, funny, it's gonna be dramatic and, and all of that, but it also has a message. And, um, you know, once again, we're about reaching people far from God. So I think it's the kind of movie that, you know, people can bring their friends to that maybe don't go to church and not be seeming like, well, you're dragging me to something. All you, you, want this <laughs> anyway, you know? Um, So that's what we're aiming for. Uh, We did put out a bit of a sneak peek that was just really more to give people an idea of what we were talking about. Yeah. It's not even, um, it's not a real representation of the film, but just Mm -hmm. kind of, uh, as we said to Jay, let's just let you see which direction we're talking about going Mm -hmm. here. And I think it surprised some people because a pastor making a movie, do you immediately think of a super churchy type of movie? Yeah. And I don't have anything wrong with those. You know, some people are called to do that, you know, yeah. and they're good at it. So I'm like, hey, but that's not what I'm called to do. Yeah. So we're um trying our, you know, trying our best. And, you know, they tell you the first one's probably awful. The second one's probably better. The third one's better, you know, and I tell you that with everything, your first book, your first movie. Yeah. First everything. So I'm, I'm hoping that it won't be awful. I think it's going to be good. <laughs> but the other side of it is I got to start somewhere. So, yeah. you know, and that's what we're doing. Listen, I'm going to tell you what, that's a, that's a big start
0: you know what i'm saying like uh, (laughs) like you know i'm looking at this this little bitty small podcast and i was nervous i couldn't even imagine putting a film out you know what i'm saying uh but i did like the trailer um i can kind of see where you're actually headed um i think that the message uh from following you over the last few months i can see that the movie fits it would be something that you would put out because that's more of who you are uh you're not churchy like that, uh, which is hilarious that you came out of churchy <laughs> and you're not. I mean, I had actually had some uh, a cousin of mine ask me that and was like, "It's really weird." Like most pastor kids, don't even really want to be pastors like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they normally fight that and kind of head out the other door, you know. Um, but I had explained. I was like, "I said, as long as I've known um, the family, I was like Keith uh, Keith Butler Jr. has been." in ministry with his dad. Uh, mm-hmm. I said, so I think it just been different for him. I said, um, I think he understood what was needed. I said, and that's why I said it speaks very highly to the relationship that you had with your dad um, uh, for him to be able to, to not only just have you in the mix, but then to give you ownership of the mix. Like that's a whole different, <laughs> that's a whole another mm-hmm. podcast is that he was able to give you ownership of, of the whole platform of Word of Faith. And uh, like you said, you gave it back to him so that you can go do your own thing. I think that that speaks volume uh, between a father and a son. Uh, I hope that me and my son could, you know, that when he gets like your age, that we can still have that type of relationship. Uh, I mean, he's 16 now. We're, mm-hmm. we're heading in the right direction, you know what I'm saying? But I, I pray that, um, that the bond for 25, 35, 45, 55, you know, it increases at that part of his life. Uh, so, but, um, I, I'm all about giving out points. I like the points it's, it's probably cause I do, a, you know, you grew up in church. You always want these like practical points. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, before we close out, man, uh, just give us as men, uh, just a couple of practical points, uh, on staying focused, going to the next level. Uh, and, uh, and then we, we, we can close it on out.
1: I think the first thing you have to do is you have to develop and maintain your godly habits and uh, which is daily prayer time, daily Mm -hmm. Bible time, making sure you're getting in a small group and you're getting connected to church services uh, every week. Um, It's not all that different than in sports. You know, there are certain things you've got to do every day. I play basketball, and so, you know, there were certain things you just had to work on to be sharp. Right. You know, if you just didn't pick up a ball, you never did anything for a couple of weeks and you try to get on the court, and no matter how good you were, you're going to get <laughs> right. embarrassed, you know? Right. And so the same thing is true when it comes to your, your spiritual things. There are certain things you just have to do to be sharp. So I, I believe in, read a chapter a day. yeah, Oh, yeah. You know, get some time away from everything and spend time with God every day, even if you have to start at 15 minutes a day. Um, But do that, you know, get connected in a group of guys, get to church every week, whether it's online or not. But these are bedrocks. So that's one thing. Uh, I think the next thing is that you really do need to focus on really ministering to your family because careers come and go, achievements come and go. They're great. Don't get me wrong, but those relationships with your family—that's everything. Yep, it's everything. Yeah, and so I've really endeavored to put my family first for as long as I can remember, and I still have moments I look back and say, "Man, I wish I had did this differently," you know. And I've right. tried hard, and I right. still got stuff like, "Man, oh, what was I thinking?" You know what I mean? Right, and right. So I think that you really have to keep your focus on the blessing that's in front of you with your family and, and even relationships outside of it, those really close friends, those relationships, every life is about relationship, relationship with God relationship with other people. Yeah. So don't forget that. Then I would say you really got to focus on what has God called you to do and you know what that is. And you ask God, what's the first step, right? For example, Mm -hmm. and that man go after that, like crazy, you know, go through a wall, you, you know, you do whatever to make it happen, you know, (laughs) right. do what it takes, you know, and um, and keep your eye on that. Because a, a man without a dream is in trouble. And say that, say that
0: again. Say that yeah. again, Pastor. A man without
1: <laughs> a dream is in trouble. You know? Oh, man. And I, I had that one season in my life where it felt like the dream of my life was dead. And I, I found myself dealing with stuff I never thought I'd deal with, you know. And and it was because I, I, didn't, I didn't have a dream. You know, it was dead in my heart. Now, it really wasn't. But it's how I saw it. So I think that you really need to get that dream and you need to, man, live your life chasing that. And we know this. We know this about athletes. How many of these guys came out of really bad neighborhoods, really bad situations, never drank alcohol, never did drugs, never run with gangs. But everybody that they knew did. What was the difference? They wanted to make it to the league. And that one dream protected them from making the mistakes that cost the lives of their best friends. Dreams matter. So that's, that's something a good, I would say uh as well. Yeah.
0: That 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 was it right there. <laughs> <laughs> I like that, man. I hope uh, I hope the fellas uh caught on to that, man. That dream. Having that dream is 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 uh, fantastic. And it also helps in your relationship like if you're married. Um you know, men want women to submit and they want to. women are built and created to do exactly the way that God designed them. We mm-hmm. got to step up and do our part, mm-hmm. come ready to work, already have something in place, already have something mm-hmm. that they connect to. Uh, and I, I like the way you put that dream. And I think that women could fall under that if you have something in front um, and be motivated to be submissive and be courageous all at the same time. Uh, right. uh, I look at my lady and I think that you know I couldn't have been matched up with no one greater uh, than a woman who's has so much influence and so impactful but yet understand that god's favor rests upon the way that she honors the home and mm-hmm. you know these are these are components these are pieces that you know that we don't i think that the church needs to we preach a lot about salvation christ uh, but the not just the regular family right you got to make sure we still bring and drill in on that because that's yes. a missing piece you have a lot of people that's sitting out there out, out in the um uh, out in the um in the sanctuary or out in the congregation area and they're struggling in marriages they're struggling and so we're producing you know we got our hands raised up but we're producing some mess and so we want to make sure that you know um that dream is is a key component fellas so uh i'm not gonna take up much more of your time pastor man i really really appreciate uh you taking the invite, man, and coming on, sharing with my audience uh, some great information, um, uh, some great nuggets. Some, uh, uh, thank you for the movie that's coming out, uh, match, match Made. Yep. Mm-hmm. So we want to be looking out for that. Um, well, as you kick it through, I'll, I know I'll be reposting and stuff I, uh, because I think it's going to be something really cool. Uh, And I think we just naturally should support each other, period. Um, Whatever we have going on. That was one thing I said that was awesome uh, when you accepted the invitation because you said something important, which was just reaching out to people. So that was like something that God kind of told me. He was like, yo, I'm going to show you somebody. I'm going to show them. When I show you to, you got to, you know, reach out to them. And I'm thinking, you know, this guy don't know me. (laughs) (laughs) You're not the only one. It's like God literally, I mean, literally just people, he just be like, yeah, they'll come on the podcast and I'll, I'll hit them up in the IG or something. And they'll say, Oh, that sounds great, man. Yeah. Here's my information. I'll be, i put me on. So my whole November, almost through December is booked. Mm-hmm. And basically because I just listened to God and I got people who I, <laughs> I don't have a personal relationship with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, like me, you don't have a personal relationship, but it was great that even though you're in one zone and I'm in another, uh, it speaks volume of who Pastor Keith Butler is mm-hmm. um, to be able to come on a show that's not even uh, Joe Rogan. You know, it's not. It's like, it, you know, it's not. It's not like a big old show, but it just kind of, to me, it spoke to really who you are as a, a, from your heart uh, that you are more about people than you are about your own status or whatever. Uh, that you actually do want other people to actually hear something and get something from God. So. Uh, And I'm happy that I I hit you up and I'm happy that you said uh, yes. Thank you very much. Hopefully, you know, if your schedule ever opens up again, um, I'll have you on and we'll tackle some some topics. I have some some topics. This is more like an interview, uh, but (laughs) I would love to um, because you talk about a lot of topics when you do your. Your little Instagram. Uh, open platform. Lives. Yeah, yeah, your lives. And I love them. And I'm like, man, I, I would love to have you come on and and talk about men committing or um, uh, uh, getting men into church. Like, what do you do, you know, as a pastor to, right. to, to have the church set up to where men want to come and be servers and, and lovers of Christ. So just keep all that stuff, man, I'm gonna bring it back to you. And if you got time, I do know how to get in contact with you. Um, and, uh, whenever your time opens up, man, I would love for you to come back on and, um, just hit a couple of topics, uh, out there, man. And, and share, you know, your, your experience and the knowledge that you have.
1: Well, thank you for having me. First of all, I really appreciate it. it was definitely honored that you thought of me. And yeah, I, obviously I'd be honored to be on and help in any way that I can. You know, it's, uh, it's what I do is what I'm wired to do is what I get my enjoyment from. So,
0: yeah. Uh, and, and, and like I said, I think that you hear people say that. Um, but to do it as a whole nother, uh, ballpark. And so I definitely, uh, you know, just from being just an open vessel to me, uh, I just ask that God would definitely bless and give you all that you need for all the projects, uh, yeah, for your pastor, uh, whatever you got going on, on a personal level, That God will bless you. And, 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 and I know you got the little ladies over there, <laughs> Well not little ladies. I think they're a little bit bigger now, but, um, <laughs> I'm sure that's a challenge. uh, That's a whole other conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I I got a 10 year old daughter over here. So we we definitely need to get on and talk about that part of our life. Uh, But yeah, I definitely, uh, appreciate it, man. And, um, I definitely, from my, so from the Menology Project, well, what we want to do as well is uh, actually help other organizations when it comes to community service and stuff, so I'll definitely reach out and provide my information so that me and the guys that I mentor and stuff, so that we can kind of come and be a part of any projects, you know, any city cleaning up and all that kind of stuff, man, we kind of want to have our hand in that with you guys, um, and. Uh, if you have us over to help do whatever man we would be open vessels uh to, to help out in any way that we can so uh, definitely you know the door is open you can always hit me up and say hey i need four or five guys and i'll, I'll bring a team with me man and we'll help you knock out whatever so appreciate it appreciate you all hey, right Deppie. man Depp, you have a good day you too yep